0: all right welcome back everybody to episode number 33 of the plume cast it's actually been a couple of weeks now since i've done a plume cast episode took some weeks off doing it news was pretty dead you know around the holiday season not too much to talk about and and trying to push out an entire podcast talking about nothing by myself would have been relatively difficult so i decided hey there's no way to do that i was also really busy with just you know general life things with christmas coming up buying gifts for family members stuff like that and just a bunch of other things that you know you have to do as you go through the days but i'm happy to be back here with another episode episode like i said i think number 33 of the plume cast and we're into 2022 so happy new year to everybody out there if you haven't stopped by the channel in the last eight nine days and you haven't seen any of my videos at happy new year and um, yeah, there's it's been a pretty uh, interesting week of news uh, right off the bat with uh, lots of content for Xbox with Game Pass announcements. And just uh, Xbox has started off the year extremely strong already with like the Mass Effect Legendary Edition coming on to Xbox Game Pass, which if you haven't checked out Mass Effect Legendary Edition, highly recommend checking it out. I haven't completed all of the games yet. I've done Mass Effect 1 and 2 with Mass Effect Legendary I did get it when it first came out I just haven't had time to really get into Mass Effect 3 yet which I will at some point in the future but it's worth checking out and and the upgrades are great especially with the first game and the overall like just gameplay and everything just and the look of it the frame rate the fidelity all that kind of stuff just looks and plays better so definitely recommend checking that out but uh since we're talking about games might as well talk about some of the stuff I've been playing this week it's been a really fun week, actually. I've been jumping around to a bunch of stuff. Of course, Halo Infinite's been... It's always in my uh, rotation of games that I'm playing, getting through the Tenray uh, Fracture events, so trying to unlock all of that stuff. I believe that ends on 10th of January, so I think I have two more challenges I have to complete before then, so before tomorrow, i to get on that. So I've been playing some Halo Infinite. Always fun. I've been playing... Um, what was the game I just finished? So, Olia. Olia came out on Game Pass. It's like a 8-bit retro throwback side-scrolling action platformer. And it only takes about 5-6 hours to beat, but it was a ton of fun. And um it was a great game. I mean, I highly recommend checking it out if you haven't yet. I, I know that this is a game I would have never heard of and would have absolutely never played if it wasn't for Xbox Game Pass. It has great music. Great combat, uh, some decent platforming, and it can be tough in a few parts, but well worth a playthrough if you haven't checked it out yet. So that was fun. Also, I finished up playing, I'm probably go back and play it a bit more, but there's a game called R Type Final Two, which is a shoot 'em up, side scrolling shoot-em-up game. You're in like a ship, and uh it's one of those like classic arcade shoot-em up style of things where you're going across the screen and you get hit once and you're dead, and you gotta shoot everything. Get through the levels and it gets progressively harder and harder as you go through the levels i actually just finished all of the levels yesterday i was up until like 1 a.m <laughs> playing it because the only way you can get through every level is starting from level one and then going through all the way to the seventh and final mission like if you get game over let's say at level six and you want to get to level seven you're gonna have to restart again from level one so i was up really uh, i was up to like one two <laughs> Hey, I'm yesterday trying to finish off those levels and it was worth it. It's fun. It's a good game. I've heard art. I haven't played our type final, which was the first version of it. And I heard that one was better, but I love shoot 'em up games. And there's actually another shoot 'em up that came out for games with gold. I forget the name of it, but it's one of the games with gold games. I actually checked out for like 30 minutes and I'll probably end up playing that as well because they're fun, old arcade classic style of games. If you're into those, would recommend checking out that one. that came out with games of gold name is, oh, it's. I can't think of it right now. And R-Type Final 2 is pretty good. But I heard the first R-Type Final was better. And then I also started... I I booted up my PlayStation 5 for the very first time since Ratchet & Clank uh, Rift Apart. And I I started playing Horizon Zero Dawn because I want to try to get through and try to beat it before the next one comes out. I don't know if I'm going to pick up the next one on day one i probably won't because like i said ps5 games are 90 dollars in canada and uh i'll wait till that game goes on sale because you know it eventually will and it's i've played i think i played about two three hours i finished maybe like four or five main missions so far within it i just passed um where she gets accepted into the tribe or whatever and then gets attacked and roast dies I, I mean this is right at the beginning of the game if you haven't played it i just spoiled that for you but I mean it's been out since 2017 and uh that happens right at the beginning I just finished that part and it's uh, it's been okay so far like I'm not like the graphically with the upgrade to, you know, on ps5 4k 60 it's an absolutely stunning looking game the combat's all right so far so far I've heard that it's a game that you it gets way better as you progress and you upgrade your your character your upgrade alloy or alloy whatever her name is and get better combat stuff so I'm still holding out that it's gonna get a lot better in terms of combat I find it just a bit clunky right now and and kind of slow I was hoping it'd be a little bit more fast paced but I think it's because I just started so so it's cool graphically looks great um, lots of cutscenes in the beginning as well. Um yeah, I hope that there, the cutscene is it's not as like cinematically throughout the entire game. If that's if cinematically. It's not uh, like just I hope there's not these massive long cutscenes all the time throughout the game because I I want to just get into some really fun gameplay stuff, but I'll I'll probably play through it and try to finish it before Forbidden West comes out and we'll see how that game turns out. So those are and I've played like skyrim special edition which is something i just always have on the side and i play a couple hours here and there trying to like do another playthrough of that so that's what i've been playing this week i know lots of games on rotation for me that's what game pass usually does to me when there's just new stuff that comes out on Game pass and smaller indie games that i want to check out i usually just jump into those quickly so lots of fun lots of games to play and a great way to start 2022 let me know what what you guys have been playing in the comments below of what i'm drinking to start off the year just a classic guinness here i love guinness and i figured i might as well start 2022 with one of my favorite beers let me know what you guys are drinking let me know some interesting beers some some um, craft beers or just non-craft beers whatever let me know in the comments below so we'll just jump into this week's topics i'm not going to list everything i'm going to go and talk about because there's just you know i've realized as i'm doing this podcast solo There's just a bunch of random stuff that I like to talk about. So stuff that I haven't really covered throughout the week or stuff that um, I want to just talk about and I have made videos throughout the week. So I'll just jump into it and uh, we'll get started here. Firstly, talking about believe We have I can get the right overlay here. There we go. Um, Starfield. So I just saw this tweet the other day and I just want to quickly go over it. It's from Skull TV. Um, who's a YouTuber and got a screenshot or something sent to him? Or I don't know exactly where the source is from, but it's of Starfield and what is happening right now with the development of the game. And here's a tweet: it says, Starfield is currently in the beauty pass of development. These are the current aspects. Bethesda Game Studios are currently focusing on regarding the game based on recent evidence, full breakdown in today's video. So we put out a video out to talk about it. You can go watch that as well. But in this screenshot, it says what to do. This is obviously from Bethesda. I was presenting this to the development team. I'm assuming it's like they're, you know, beginning of the week, beginning of the quarter kind of thing, whatever of what needs to come next with starfield and says what to do prioritize and polish lighting clutter sounds etc before anything else respond to accumulated feedback identify system opportunities and reiterate finalize optimization test on target hardware and do another polish pass if applicable so this to me was just great news to see now the reason I say that is because we know this game is set to launch on November 11th 2022 it's a hard deadline that Todd Howard has confirmed he has committed to we've seen it show up on the trailer and everything so it's going to be coming out November 11th 2022 unless there's a huge thing bad that happens with which causes a huge delay and this here this screenshot of what they're on to doing right now is very very encouraging because it means the game's done realistically, um, and they're just kind of polishing it off and and making sure that when it is released, there are not many bugs. I mean, there's always gonna be bugs in every game, which is kind of unfortunate, but there probably will be less bugs if they're out of state right now where the game is virtually finished. And hopefully this means that the graphics and everything are going to just look great and get an extra coat of paint. So when it comes out on and you're playing it on an Xbox Series X, which will be Probably the target hardware, depending on what they do for PC, because maybe a 3090, I guess, it's going to look absolutely incredible. And even hopefully this means that they're going to make sure it's well optimized on lower end graphics cards and on the Xbox Series S. So that's encouraging. And and it's funny because what this also means is that uh, they definitely could, if they wanted to, give us some gameplay, make a, a sizzle trailer for it and do all that kind of stuff and they just kind of are deciding not to which i personally generally am annoyed about that when there's hype for games that we haven't seen anything about and i've talked about this in previous videos but for some reason i'm giving starfield a pass on this because it's the first big new ip from bethesda in so many years the first new one from todd howard we know their pedigree and the less they show us, the more mystery we're going to have when the game comes out. And I think that will be even better for everybody. I think that if we just are discovering everything together as gamers, like when the game launches on November 11th without seeing any trailers and, and saying, oh yeah, I saw that in the trailer a couple of months ago. I saw that in the gameplay deep dive that they did, but we're literally discovering it as we go. I think it could be a pretty magical experience for this game because you know what? I said this about Halo Infinite with 343. When everybody was um, really doing that fear, uncertainty, and doubt bullshit about the game, uh, especially the campaign, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give 3 for three the benefit of the doubt. They have incredible gameplay. They've proven that. They've shown that they can do a decent story with Halo 4, and I think they're going to knock it out of the park with Halo Infinite. Now, yes, the game wasn't perfect. It's still missing co-op, still missing Forge, but the core gameplay and the core campaign of Halo Infinite was very very well done and extremely fun and i'm and i i'm almost positive 99 positive that starfield when it comes out is going to be very similar in terms of it just being an absolutely incredible incredible game that people will be talking about for months and months and years and years and maybe decades like they do with skyrim so good to see that in the what to do section right now of starfield they've virtually done the game final steps final polishing final optimization final testing and the game should be good to go on november 11th 2022 and uh i can't wait game pass xbox pc and if you're out there on playstation and you want to play this game literally just sign up to xbox game pass that's how you're gonna have to play it and it will be well worth your subscription you will see if you've never uh, played game pass played game pass if you've never subscribed and seen the catalog in game pass before so we'll leave that there, and we'll jump over to some more place. We'll jump over, yeah, a couple of PlayStation topics here, and then we're gonna end off with a Sega thing I want to talk about quickly. But throughout this week, there is there a decent amount of Xbox news, but I don't really, I don't make videos really about specific PlayStation news. And generally, when I cover it, it is in the podcast because I still am interested in what is going on on PlayStation. Believe it or not, I still follow it. I still want to know. And I like to talk about it on the podcast. So there was two things that people were talking about this week. The first one here has to do with Days Gone. And Days Gone, Days Gone is an interesting game for me. I've given this game two chances. I've played it twice, but I've never completed it. I've gotten bored both times, about 10 to 15, 10 to 12 hours in, I would say. Yeah, around there. Where I just found it super competitive, uh, competitive, super repetitive, and just kind of boring ish. And the gameplay wasn't like, I don't know, it just just wasn't there for me. I don't know how else to put it. It just didn't keep my attention. Whereas when you think of like repetitive games that people like to rag on, but that keep my attention are like Assassin's Creed. I don't know, there's something about Assassin's Creed that just keeps my attention, even if it's doing the same thing over and over again. And I think it's because of how fine-tuned and how fun the gameplay is in those games and maybe with days gone it just it didn't hit the mark for me but the game still is a decent game i'm not going to say it's a bad game whatsoever by any stretch if you've played it you've checked it out you'll see there's a lot of quality within that game and the problem is the game apparently sold very well and sony kind of shut it down and didn't allow a sequel now this was talked about on twitter by jeff ross And Jeff Ross was the game director for Days Gone. And he's left Sony now, but he was obviously very disappointed that they didn't allow Ben Studios to do a sequel of the game. And here is what Jeff Ross says on Twitter At the time I left Sony, Days Gone had been out for a year and a half and a month and sold over 8 million copies. It's since gone on to sell more and then a million plus on Steam. So, as we know, they also released it on PC, one of the first few playstation games so far that they've put out and they're continuing to put more out thank you too. is on to say local studio management was always always made us feel like it was a big disappointment so obviously he's calling out sony for the fact that the game sold extremely well they weren't able to do a sequel and then playstation and sony made them feel like it was a game that didn't meet the the marks that they wanted it to meet And this is something we've we've heard about previously where it's like they wanted to do a days gone sequel and then the team kind of got switched over to doing like a last of us remaster um some stuff like that and it's been it's been um something i guess that's been bugging especially jeff ross who was the 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 director there or he was yeah days gone the game director days gone and they never got to make a sequel, which is obviously something they really wanted to do. Now, it's interesting because he talks about it and um, he talks about where he got the data of how many sales Days Gone actually had with the eight plus million. And he, he was on David Jaffe's uh, YouTube channel, podcast type of thing. And you, as we know, David Jaffe was the original creator of God of War, and he says this about the sales numbers. He says, when I, where I got my data from, I had access to a lot of telemetry. Did I say that word right? Telemetry. And I could see stuff, and we were at 5 million copies when we were announced at 5 million copies. Telemetry data was at 5.8 million. There are basically resells or shared disks. I was actually using an external website. I think they're offline now, but they were using Trophy data, and it lined up with our internal telemetry data. So for me... It's like good enough. Then he continues on to say, I think GameStat still has the data archive based off of the 8 million mark in master telemetry. And so I'm like good enough. So maybe it was 7.7 million-ish. Maybe it was 8.2 million-ish. I don't know. Following the steam. And then, so so he kind of goes back. I was continuing to read the article there, but he kind of goes back on the number of 8 million isn't 100% confirmed. But based off of his best estimated guess, there's a likelihood that it's in that 8 million mark. And most people would think that if your game sells 8 million copies, there's a high chance it's going to want, get a sequel because that's a very successful number. It definitely made tons of money, made back the money it, they used to create that game. And it seems like Sony kind of just shunned it off to the side. And And there's a couple of reasons why this could happen. You look at a game like spider-man which i think sold like 20 some million you look at a game like last of us which sold far more than 8 million and you look at those those god of war again and probably sold far more than 8 million you look at those like very very strong ips that sony has and then you look at a brand new ip that they're trying to create here and it's not on par with those although it's still very successful I guess for sony it just wasn't enough money so they decided to go in a different direction and double down on like the last of us remake which we know is something that is coming out at some point and that they're working on based off of a previous report about ben studio and sony and the way that sony kind of treated that studio who was creating a brand new ip so it's um it's an interesting thing to see it will be Interesting to look at how this progresses going forward within PlayStation Studios in the sense that are they going to take risks like they did with Days Gone to create new IPs? And if the game sells like 5 to 8 million units, are they just going to scrap it? Like Ghost of Tsushima was a huge hit, sold more than 8 million, and it's done extremely well. And we know that they're going to be making a Ghost of Tsushima too. So there's something going on here with Days Gone that Sony just didn't like. Going forward, maybe has to do something with the Japanese market. I don't know how many units it sold in Japan. Who knows? But it's unfortunate if you were a Days Gone fan, you're not going to be getting a sequel most likely. And it may mean that what we we heard about last year, where people were saying that Sony really wanted to just double down on those well-known IPs because they know they sell well. That's maybe something we continue to see going forward, but we will have to wait and see. Interesting how Jeff Ross kind of calls out sony on twitter i mean he has nothing to lose because he's not with them anymore so you might as well express your opinion they're not going to fire you right but yeah i mean I, I like i said days gone a lot of people say oh it was really great if you've had another one and i tried playing through it twice it was a good game but for me it just got boring relatively fast but hey that's just me and then the other big thing sony talked about this uh week was playstation vr2 so uh they announced it more they didn't show us the headset but they announced a lot of the features that were going to be in it they talked about it so it looks like it's a pretty high-end headset for for what it is for a console headset and here are the features that it's gonna have so it's gonna have a visual fidelity of 4k hdr 110 degree field of view um it's going to have a display resolution of 2,000 by 2040 per eye and smooth frame rates of 92 uh, 90 and 120 hertz. It's going to have um headset-based controller tracking. So that means I there won't be and you don't need to use the camera. Like with the first PSVR, you have to use the camera. It says PSVR2 tracks you and your controllers through integrated cameras embedded in the VR headset. Uh, so yeah, no camera. And then a new sensory features it's going to have eye tracking headset feedback 3d audio um, it's going to have the new psvr two sense controllers to create an incredibly deep feeling of immersion uh, headset feedback is a new sensory feature that amplifies the sensations of in-game actions from the player that's kind of cool your headset kind of vibrates and, and you feel it as you're you're playing through the game It says it's created by a single built-in motor with vibrations that add an intelligent tactile element, bringing players closer to the gameplay experience. That's awesome. I don't know if other headsets have that, but that sounds like uh, something I would probably like to experience. They say here, for example, gamers can feel a character's elevated pulse during tense moments, the rush of objects passing close to the character's head, or the thrust of a vehicle as the character speeds forward. Additionally, PS5's Tempest 3D audio tech makes sounds in the player's surrounding come alive, adding to this new level of immersion. Honestly, that sounds pretty cool. The headset vibration stuff. And then the eye tracking, that's another big thing that they're adding. And it detects the motion of your eyes. So a simple look in a specific direction can create an additional input for the game character. This allows players to interact more intuitively in new and lifelike ways, allowing for a heightened emotional response and enhanced expression that provide a new level of realism in gaming. So this was at CES. 2022 sony talked about it and we know that psvr 2 is coming most like i mean i think it could be coming this year maybe in the holiday season we don't have a release date. we don't have a price yet but it looks like it's a big upgrade over the first playstation vr and it's honing in on a market in terms of specifically for consoles that they have no competition on right now because Xbox doesn't have a VR headset, and obviously Nintendo. Oh, well, I guess Nintendo has like the. Uh, they had like that Kitty one. It's not a real VR headset, but anyway. So I would say they don't. Um, and PlayStation is going to be the only place right now if you are don't have a powerful enough PC, where you can play a virtual reality game. So very. It'll be interesting to see how this sells. It really does. I think. Um, I think PlayStation is missing an opportunity here by not putting this all on PC as well, and potentially, depending on the price point of PSVR 2, like undercutting some of the like 800. I'm just thinking like Canadian dollars here, so I don't know what it'd be in American, but like, like the price of like the um, um, the ste the Valve one and uh the um h t c one that one's like a thousand dollars or something like if you could undercut the prices of those ones and and bring it more in line with like the oculus pricing, which I think is like the four hundred dollar range three dollars four five hundred dollar range around there, put it on p c and then add on like exclusive playstation i p s like they also announced that there is gonna be a horizon v r game that's coming out with this, so stuff like that. I think that that would increase the sales of it a lot, especially if the technology is like almost on par with some of the headsets, or is on par with the headsets in that range, but also has additional features that they mention here that may not be on other headsets. I think they are missing a big opportunity by just keeping it on the PS5, especially if it's going to be like a six, five, six hundred dollar headset, and the PS5 is already five, six hundred dollars depending on where you live, the $1,000 setup, $1,200 setup, if you want to get all of this stuff. And, and obviously PS5 is still new, so the install base is still really good with like 10 million plus or whatever. We don't know how many of those are actually within consumers' homes, though. Like There are definitely some that aren't within consumers' homes. It could be a slow start for PSVR2 when it launches. That's my whole point about that. But we'll see. I mean, PSVR, the first PSVR came out. I actually got the first PSVR, and to me, it was good. I barely played it, though. I played it for like the first couple of weeks, and I gave it to my my dad because my dad loved playing uh, the Creed boxing game to like work out, and that's still how it's being used to this day. I haven't touched it at all in a very long time. Um, besides, it's funny that. How this all coincides but besides just recently i tried out the i went over and tried out um the iron man game the iron man vr game which is kind of cool played it for like 30 minutes and then i haven't touched it since i probably won't go back because it was like 10 bucks to buy or whatever and um yeah the this vr headset sounds like a lot better one of the biggest drawbacks i i had from the first vr was the screen door effect When you, if you had never experienced VR before, you put on the PlayStation VR headset, you were amazed, but it died fast because of the lack of immersion with the screen door and the low and the low resolution, and then the light. Like the VR heads, the PSVR headset does a very bad job of keeping the light out from the interior, and I hope they really work on that with with VR too, because that's one of the biggest things I found that also ruined the immersion for me. And even now, like I, I, when I went back and tried it, I hadn't really played VR in years. And I put the first PSVR headset, I put the original PSVR headset on, and I just didn't feel that immersed, to be completely honest, just because of the light. And I had it on right. I know people are going to say, you didn't have it on right. Now I had it on right, 100%. And there was still like light seeping in. Maybe it's because of the, my facial construction. But the screen door effect. I mean, the low resolution on that first headset, which just wasn't great. And I'm playing it all. I was playing, but I also at the same time I was playing it off of a um, PS4 Slim. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But I'm happy to see that uh, this, uh, like, I'm all for um this coming out. Like, it looks cool. I may check it out. We'll have to wait and see. I probably would still kind of opt for one of the PC VR headsets if I got back into VR. And what, ooh, the question is is Xbox ever going to release a VR headset? You know, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I don't think it's worth it to them. There probably isn't enough money in it. Like, they're they're probably not going to make nearly enough profit off of releasing VR. What I do think they should do, though, is why not just open up the Xbox, if it's possible, if it's possible, why not just open up the Xbox to support VR games that, I don't know, that are on PC, that are on Steam, and you can plug in your... Um, the valve one whatever it's called htc one and oculus into your xbox and it works because it can support it like it's powerful enough console for it to work so i feel like that's what they should do and i wonder how that all how that all work with like licensing and deals they would have to make but i think that would be like a, a decent um thing to look into and then maybe they could make some money off of it too because you could support those games on the microsoft store and then obviously you get a profit sharing from it so from a business perspective, it could make sense. I don't I don't really know. But from a consumer's perspective, I think that would be the best solution if they just opened up the Xbox to have to support any VR headset out there. And then from PlayStation's side, I have no idea why they're not putting it on PC as well. It's just, it just seems like they're really missing out on that. So let me know what you guys think about VR and the VR2 headset. And okay, so it's enough about that. But um, let's... So NFTs, let's move on to NFTs. Because we know NFTs are big elephant in the room now when it comes to gaming. People hate it. Um, I've seen very little people that actually support it. Uh, I see a lot of people just kind of jumping on the hate bandwagon, even if they don't fully understand NFTs. A lot of people scam with nfts like there's both sides a lot of people don't understand nfts but they'll still try to scam people and try to make money and stuff like that so it is it is a very very weird area in tech in the internet right now because it's so new it's going to continue to expand going to continue to involve. and my big thing is right now is with crypto and bitcoin and all that kind of stuff there are a lot of scams out there and that's the biggest issue i think companies have to look out for with this type of stuff but um, it seems like it's coming more and more into the markets into the gaming market NFTs when we look at Square Enix, Ubisoft, um, and uh, man, I'm drawing so many blanks today. I usually can remember everything, but there's another one of the other um, big companies, Konami, Konami, whatever, with Castlevania. I did a video about this, and those th- those are three huge companies, even though Konami doesn't really make games anymore but they're still using their legacy ips like castlevania to sell nfts and castlevania is a huge franchise uh, for people who've been playing games for since like the super nintendo since like the ps1 stuff like that like castlevania symphony of the night is probably one of the best games ever made or honestly and um using using that legacy to like sell nfts it's just to me to me i don't really care i don't uh, if companies want to sell nfts do whatever they're they're going to try to make money and you don't have to buy it but man using those like legacy ips that they haven't given us like a good game a new good game in so long to push nfts is so crappy but whatever it is what it is So companies are getting into it more and uh i think we're going to see uh like if nfts within the next year or whatever are making these these studios tons and tons of money. It's inevitable. We're going to see more. You're going to see everybody get into it at some point. And hopefully, like, I'm the type of person who doesn't care at all about microtransactions, buying cosmetics, spending $5 on a cool, like, cosmetic within halo like i don't think i've ever i can't i probably have i don't want to say that ever because like that's a, a hard thing to totally remember but i do not remember the last time besides and i'm gonna contradict myself besides buying the halo infinite battle pass i do not remember the last time i spent a dime on an in-game microtransaction for a thing like a cosmetics or a loot box or an ultimate team card pack in any of the sports games or even in like uh mlb diamond dynasty i do not remember if i've ever ever done that and honestly i don't think i have and i have just zero interest in spending micro spending money on that type of stuff on those micro transactions i have zero interest meaning i'll have zero interest in spending a dime on nft stuff and i'll have zero interest in Buying a digital product that I can transfer across games, like a digital cosmetic, I couldn't care less. I really don't care. I just don't. It's just, it's not in me. It's, it's, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that when you used to play games back in the day, Super Nintendo, PlayStation 1, um, original Xbox, GameCube, all that kind of stuff. You bought a game and you played that game. You had everything in that package. And unless you experienced that, which i i look at my my demographics i know youtube gives demographics for channels and like i would say the majority of my listeners probably have based off of the age demographic that i'm getting and if they've been gamers isn't their entire life like like i have they probably have and it's just like it's hard to think about for me spending microtransactions when i used when the gaming industry used to be like it was back in the day where you bought a game you had the entire package and I just have no interest in it but all that to be said out of all the companies doing nfts sega seems to actually be listening to a lot of the negativity and the voices of people who don't want nfts in games if they have come out in a recent management meeting with a ceo haruki satomi cfo koichi fukazawa and coo yukio sugino i have no idea why i decided to try to say all those names but i did and they had this to say, in terms of NFT, we would like to try out various experiments and we have already started many different studies and considerations, but nothing is decided at this point regarding play to earn. A one attendee remarked or whatever. Oh, I guess I was just a random attendee at the call who said that. And then it continues on here to say, there have been many announcements about this already, including at overseas, including at overseas, but there are users who show negative reactions at this point. We need to carefully assess many things such as how we can mitigate the negative elements, how much we can introduce this within the Japanese regulation, what will be accepted, and what will not be by the users. Then we will consider this further if this leads to our mission, constantly creating forever captivating. But it is a perce- it is perceived as simply money making. I would like to make a decision not to proceed. And you know what, Sega is a huge company, big corporation, right? and you know they're going to say stuff like this but this is also within a uh, management meeting or whatever this isn't i don't know if this was supposed to get out to the public or not i mean i'm sure if it was like there was some sort of wanting it to get as public but that's a great way to look at it i mean to me that's a very consumer friendly way to look at this nft stuff going forward if it is perceived simply for money making, I would not like to make a decision. I would like to make a decision not to proceed. So there, which is great to hear, and then, and then continuing to say here that like they need to look at how this is going to be incorporated within games. Is it going to enhance games? Is it going to make games better? Is it going to give uh, gamers the ability to? For their experience to be more enjoyable and more fun, or is it literally going to make your experience like a grind, make your experience um more of like a job? Which that's kind of what I see some of this stuff could turn out to be. Like when they talk about play to earn. Play to earn, what do you mean? I I want to play to have fun. I'm not playing I'm not here. Playing video games isn't my job, you know? <laughs> like I'm not here to play to earn things. I'm here to play to have fun and experience the um creativity that these developers have. So that's a great way to look at things. And it's great to see Sega will be dropping their NFT plans, at least for now until they can do more research into how they can incorporate these in a good way into their games. And we know Xbox, Phil Spencer has talked about NFTs and they they kind of have the same mindset. It seems like around NFTs in the sense that they got to make sure that these NFTs are not predatory in any way. Like, or they're not going to have them on in Xbox, they're not going to have them within the Microsoft store. And they're they're probably going to stop them from, or certain developers, I guess, from having that stuff within their ecosystem. And, you know, Sega and Xbox have a great relationship. We know that already. We know like with um, the cloud-based stuff that they recently announced, we know just all the way back to like the Dreamcast days and how great of a relationship they've had and they've continued that relationship. And maybe, maybe this kind of, they're thinking along the same wavelengths going forward with their games. Maybe they were trying to incorporate NFTs into super game, which is the big cloud-based thing that they were talking about. And that's going to be using the Azure architecture. And maybe Microsoft was like, "Uh, like if you're going to put that on our platform, it can't be predatory. So they start rethinking all of the stuff. And obviously the fan feedback, which has been overwhelmingly negative on NFTs plays into this as well. Generally, I'm like, I think a lot of people on social media jump on to negativity because, I, you know, they see their favorite YouTuber do it or they see some, and generally the favorite YouTubers fake outraging. Like 99% of them are probably fake outraging on this stuff for clicks and views. And so they see that, so everyone jumps on the bandwagon, right? And uh, with NFTs, it's been just like so unanimously negative across everybody, across every part of the internet. The problem i am finding right now with and i and i don't think a lot of it is fake i think a lot of people are jumping on the negative bandwagon and don't understand nfts at all which i don't think many people understand nfts i even think the people pushing nfts probably don't fully understand them the ones that aren't making like bajillions of dollars the ones that are just kind of getting into it but it's um the the problem with this nft stuff as well is that like All of the things they're trying to do with NFTs, you don't need the blockchain, it seems like, at least the way I see it, to do this. Like One of the positives, one of the big things that I can see with NFTs, if they were not predatory, would be to be able to sell your cosmetics once you're done using it. Because how many times, not me, because I've never done it, but how many times have you guys out there or anybody listening, have you bought a cosmetic for a game? And then you've never touched it. Like that's 10 bucks. I know it's maybe only like 10 bucks, but 10 bucks wasted after you've used it for a couple of hours. And then you don't go and play that game anymore, right? How much better would it be if you could like take that cosmetic after you're done playing with it, put it back on the marketplace and then people can bid on it and buy it from you. Or you can sell it for a certain price, right? That would be a cool feature. That'd be a cool feature. It's like use games, but use cosmetics, even though they're digital and they're not actually used. You know what I mean? Like that would be something that I would be, yeah, let's do that. Why not? if if there's a way to regulate this in a sense that it's not predatory like people don't want to use their their weapons that they bought in a game anymore and they want to sell it to somebody else and maybe give them a discounted price or sell it to them at the same price i think that would be super cool to keep like so you're not always having to like you know spend all all this money on stuff you're never going to use but then you got to sit back and think about it right why would companies want to do that you know why would companies want to do that uh, who knows i they probably would be making less money it it would definitely need something to, to dive into and see if it would be even be something plausible but i think that could be a positive with nfts but you don't even need the blockchain to do that you just create a marketplace right so there's all this stuff going on nft is like a buzzword it's this things that obviously there's billions of dollars in it i think <laughs> or maybe multi millions but i think like billions and um these companies are just trying to capitalize and make as much money as possible So when ubisoft first came out with it everyone was jumping on ubisoft's back but like any i think sane logical person saw that as they're just trying to be first out because they know every other company is going to try to get into it as well right (laughs) which we kind of saw after the fact Uh, but at least we have a company like sega who's like hey wait a second wait a second you know there could be good uses for it but we need to really like do our research and make sure that it isn't just for making money and it's actually enhancing the games because at the end of the day Sure, because the NFT market I think is so niche right now that if they start putting this stuff into games that really take away from the overall like quality of a video game, where the majority of people who are going to be playing these games are not going to be buying NFTs and taking part in this, that could really hurt them. That could really hurt them in the long run because you could get a lot of people who see this just get a huge market share of people who would potentially be buying and playing your games just like you know what i don't want to touch this crap anymore because it's ruined by nfts And then only people playing your games are the nft fans right and then that could take a big hit so i think it's smart here with uh, sega is doing with this nft stuff but yeah it's the big thing going on right now so let me know what you guys think about this in the comments below so that's going to be it for this week's plume cast episode 33 happy to be back doing this show again um yeah thank you guys all for watching thank you guys for supporting the channel um it's been a great week lots of great engagement and and, uh been a lot of fun making the videos and uh, thank you for tuning in if you are new here to this channel this is my weekly podcast but i do videos uh throughout the week as well daily basis i generally just don't do a video on saturday it's kind of like my rest day and generally when there's no real news anyways but um you like what you saw consider hitting that subscribe button it's been 2021 was great 2022 I'm hoping to hit 10k subscribers by the end of the year I'm at 6000 and some right now so that'd be super cool and uh yeah just continue to grow this community because it's a cool community lots of great conversation in the comments and it's just it's fun it's a fun time uh it's great to see all the discussion 2022 is going to be a huge year especially for Xbox but it's for everyone else like if you look at February Go go look at the game releases in February and tell me you're not excited about gaming right now because that is one stacked month. But I'm going to leave that there. Thank you guys for watching and I will catch you in the next video.